and welcome to episode 11 of Kids Me Yesterday podcast. I'm Cloda. I'm Courtney. And today we're going to be talking about Yumi at six. Oh, you meet six, Courtney. Why Why are we talking about them? Well, you love them. I do. I also love them. You so do. That's These are facts. These are the facts of the day. We love you meet six. We kind of figured in the last 10 episodes that we haven't given them the love they deserve. No, I feel like I thought they'd be more prominent throughout the episodes we've done. Um, But they because they've, I guess, been so quiet up until recently... Um. There's been nothing new to report and we want to give you the rundown of their career. So if you're not too familiar with Yumi at Six, we will fill you in on all the details because we are probably overly familiar with the, the Yumi at Six lads. So we're going to go through everything from their albums, our fave stories. Uh, some of you guys have sent in your fan stories of when you've met them, your memories and things like that. So and I'm sure Clodagh has plenty to share with us. I'm very excited. To I hear. have plenty of Yumi at Six you know, tales. I'm excited. I'm scared. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. Courtney, have you ever met them? No. Okay, I have, but we'll get to that later on the episode. <laughs> I just want to know. Excellent start. Off the bat, Courtney has not, Cloda has. That's that's how we've sorted this out. So no, I've seen them play. I still the first time I saw them was when they supported Paramore in 2009. So yeah. that was the first ever time. Um and I got really into them after that. Because then the, the next year that was when they released um Hold Me, Me Down. Down. Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with Underdog. And it was like one of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar because I was teaching myself Aww. how to play guitar. I wasn't very good. I'm still not very good. Um, but it was like a thing I was really into doing. And yeah. I felt like their music was easy to sing because it didn't really matter if it was in tune or not because it was just kind of that that style, yeah. you know, where it was it was fun and it was easy to play and stuff. So um, I saw them there. I saw them play a dual headline with All Time Low. I've seen your other them, babes my other babes yeah um I have seen them play in the academy a couple of times yeah in Dublin um I'm sure there was another time but that's all I can think of right now yeah I've seen them quite a few times I think the Olympia maybe twice or three times um Paramore when they supported Paramore the first time that was I actually didn't like them and then I seen them and I was like oh my god like these are actually really good and I got really into them and then Hold Me Down came out and got really into that and the rest is history from there I guess um I've seen them at Bellsonic they support Paramore there um that was the time I met Paramore um also have a really good story about later that night when I met Yumi at six so again I'll tell you that later in the in the episode um I've seen them I went to London to see them as well for the Farm Lights Inn and then I that just that was at Wembley, wasn't it? Yes, it was at Wembley. That was recorded. Um, and then I seen them in Southampton as well. At like just it was like a random place I bought tickets for because I wanted to go and see them. They had just released Sinners Never Sleep. Okay. They missed out on coming to Dublin, so I was like, where'd I go? 
there's a ticket to Southampton left. So off I went on my little flyby plane over um, and saw them there and that was incredible. Um, like I had brought my brother with me to that gig. Um, <laughs> I have no friends. So I brought my brother, he'd never heard of them, but he like really liked them after that. Now I don't think he ever kind of stayed in the Umiatix fandom yeah. or anything like that. Um, but he, he really enjoyed the show. Like they were fantastic. And he, yeah they oh i also seen them support 30 seconds to mars oh yeah that was a few years ago yeah that was like 20 15 16 no no it was that? even earlier than that i think it was like 2013 okay end of 2013 i'm gonna say um incredible gig yeah yeah you meet six were incredible not 30 seconds to mars. no no <laughs> we're not talking about that that's not this episode no <laughs> So that's awesome. Why don't we get into where they started? Yeah, so they started out in 2004 is when they first formed. And I only found this out like, I was like when 10. I was researching. It was literally 10. Yeah, I think I was in fourth class. Yeah. Um, which is bizarre. Um, they didn't release anything until 2006 and they released an album called, or it's more of an EP. There's like six songs on it. It's called We Know What It Means To Be Alone. Very fuck Nemo. Um... At that time, they actually had a different drummer. Um, yeah, I remember this. Joe Phillips was his name, and then they swapped him out for Dan. Swapped <laughs> him out him. in. You're out. You're in. <laughs> we're at the drummer swap shop. We're gonna trade him in for this guy. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not how that's how it worked. Um, but it's considering like I guess Fall Out Boy didn't have any lineup changes, and My Chemical Romance didn't really at they, they did in the early days yeah okay um i read a whole of my chem book the other day oh, because really? of course i did and i already forgotten my chem episode um, coming soon yeah <laughs> but ubia six and compared to like panic and paramore because there was only one change i was like it's actually quite good that it's still the same five core guys yeah doing the same thing and they're able to evolve with each other like the sound of that album we listened to a couple of songs before we recorded the podcast to kind of reacquaint ourselves with yeah. the early days because it's not something that's on Spotify. It's not something we listen to as, as often as we listen to the other albums. But it's such a different sound from even their most recent stuff. There yeah. is like the song Promise Promise, that is so emo. Yeah. And there's screamo music on it. And then yeah. you listen to the Liar and the Lighter and you're like, these this are two so different songs. They're also if you haven't heard those songs, like please go on YouTube and listen to them because Josh's singing it's changed so like, much yeah um, that's yeah that's a really nice way of putting it <laughs> I was gonna be like it's shite you're gonna wanna turn it off we're gonna cringe um, well, hang on full disclosure we actually we reached out to Josh and we reached out to the band to ask them if they do an interview with us and nobody responded because why would they we are two gals in a basement but I'm hoping they'll listen to the episode Clara. <laughs> so no she takes it back Josh she doesn't mean it was shite she means it's different okay yeah <laughs> different different no but it is it's like a complete it's it's very appropriate for the time as in the time well, you music- had a good way of putting it that thing you said to me oh my god Clodagh I can't remember my own name half the time <laughs> so Courtney was like because I was like oh god this is awful you know whatever and she's like you know what they're probably such inex- there's probably so inexperienced at writing songs that he's not able to write songs for his own voice and then when you listen to songs like even like we were listening to gossip as well like that was just an album later yeah and his voice had oh my god it changed so much but you can see that it's he, he still had that kind of like a raspy 
sexy buttery voice on the first <laughs> oh I love him so much he went from shite to sexy butter it is sexy butter though but it's shite like he's not really like the voice is really good yeah Simon Cowell is going to get a job when I'm finished recording this episode <laughs> hey Josh you know sometimes you sound like sexy butter and other times you don't he sounds like sour butter no but um, the fuck is sour butter <laughs> just butter that's like gone off you know it's like the opposite of sexy butter Moldy butter. <laughs> Moldy butter. Um, but yeah, he kind of still has that kind of. You you know it's him when you hear it, but he just can't like hit the notes. Yeah, no, I if think you know what I mean. Like right. he can yeah. sing, but it doesn't, and he has a good voice, but it just he's not hitting. No, uh, he's not hitting the mark. Like when you hear that old stuff, you'd n- I think you'd know it was he made six. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you'd know his voice, you'd know the kind of the general sound that they had. And you're right, what I said was actually really good. <laughs> you said smart things. Said smart things. Sounded great coming out of your mouth. Um, but it just, yeah, like when you're that age and you're writing music and you've never done it before, yeah. and this is something you do with your friends, you learn eventually, like, this works for me, this works for my voice, this works for whatever. And that kind of sound was in at the time as well. It was that kind of like emo, like, po- like post-emo metalcore kind of like yeah. thing that they were trying to do that all the other bands were doing. Um, and it just didn't work for his voice at the time. But it doesn't mean those songs aren't good. Like, Promise Promises. Promise Promise. They hit the nail on the head like, with that kind yeah. of sound. The Liar and the Liar, the lyrics are, they are really good. And Gabriella Applin, who originally started out doing YouTube covers, she did a cover of the song and it's actually really fucking good. Um, so listen to that as well. If you want if you want a good version of the song. <laughs> it's, it's sad because we watched um, a YouTube version of it and all the comments are like, Gabriella did a better job at this. And I was like, stop it. Stop it. I think she did my job. <laughs> but you know, she uh, like she imagined the song how it should sound. Yeah. If you know what I mean, like she, I think she picked up on the the musical the notes and stuff of the song and picked up on that really well and kind of just gave it a neck. Like she has the voice for the for the lyrics and the way that the song was written whereas yeah. Josh doesn't. No didn't. shape. Didn't. Didn't. No and he shape. has it now. I think yeah, they re-recorded the song. It's, it's it's all good. Oh, his voice is incredible. No, it's it's amazing. Um, I do think as well that when they released, um, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, when they released um, Bite My Tongue, yeah. people were like, the fuck, like, he made six doing a screamo. And you're like, no, no, this is, like, where they started. This is the root. This, this is, is yeah. them, like, honouring that. And um, Bite My Tongue is one of my favourite songs still it's to this day. Bop. Like, whenever I'm mad at people, it's... Yeah, Bite My Tongue is probably one of my favourite songs off that album. Um, especially the kind of the crossover of having Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon on the song. Yeah. Um, really doing something special to it. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Um, so Take Off Your Colours obviously is seen as their debut because yeah. that was the first one they wrote on, on a record on a record label. Yeah. Um, so that was on Slam Dunk Records, which I didn't know because I keep forgetting like Slam Dunk like, Festival came from Slam Dunk Records. Fa- yeah. yeah. Like I... And I think they, that's when they got Dan, was after they played at Sam Dunk in 2007. So, um, which is pretty cool. That's yeah. When, that's when the drummer swap happened, where they were like, we don't want they you brought anymore. Him to the, the drummer swap <laughs> shop. Um, so that was like, Save Before the Bedroom, Gossip, Jealous Minds Think Alike, Finders Keepers, Kiss and Tell. Um, Kiss and Tell, I think that was like, they did a reissue where Kiss and Tell, Finders Keepers were on it. Yeah. Um, Gossip was one of the songs they said they'd never play live. Like, at the moment, it's kind of the same with Paramore and Misery Business in that Josh says he doesn't relate to the lyrics. Like, he is so embarrassed that he even wrote it. Um, Sorry, we're laughing because just before we started recording, we watched the video and we were trying to imagine how 
the process of like asking people to I don't know if you haven't seen it go it's still up on their um their YouTube but it's set in a house party so obviously they were like hey come and like be in our house party video but it's like all these girls in bikinis and then Josh is walking around singing into a camera and all these girls are like kissing his face and his male friends are licking his face and then there's just these girls in the bathtub playing with like water guns and I just I can't imagine how that was framed like how do you ask people hey we want to throw a house party uh girls if you could come in your bikinis that'd be great and also we need you to kind of kiss each other in the bedroom while i sing in front of you like (laughs) i can see now why they're embarrassed about this but like you like at the same time you're like oh but for everything we've talked about on this podcast like it was just yeah emblematic of the time exactly that's that's just what was done but it is when you watch it back now stuff from 10 years ago it makes me want to die (laughs) even 10 years ago like that album had well take off your colors is 11 years ago whatever but even in that space of them transitioning from that album to their next album there was like i think such a difference in their maturity as a band yeah like take off your colors we went to see the 10 year celebration show for that back in november yeah our anniversary show rather um and then the transition to hold me down like as much as it's the same sound yeah it's so much more mature i feel like part of that was that they got a little bit older um yeah. and around that time they were like 23 24 so they started getting girlfriends like serious girlfriends yeah and like you know you're kind of heading into that actual like oh i'm a real adult and i have real adult responsibility yeah. so i do feel i mean like some of those songs were about josh's girlfriend at the time and um it, you just felt a little bit like they knew what they were singing about it wasn't like oh we're singing to get girls it was like but well, we've done that now and uh, we're now singing because we like to yeah and i feel like you feel that even though it's all kind of lyrically similar it's just less about like girls are whores and more like you know women broke is... broke <laughs> women, women broke, broke my heart <laughs> yeah um but definitely like there's but that's the thing when you are that age you mature so rapidly yeah. like from the age of 21 to the age 23 your life changes so much and you're you're such a you know yeah like what's that thing that they call when like babies are um i think they, they say when babies are growing that they take like leaps or whatever okay um whereas i feel like adult humans do the same thing that, mm-hmm. like when you're 18 19 20 you're still kind of teenage and you're still kind of stupid and stuff yeah and then you take that leap between 21 and 23 and then 23 to 25 and then by 25 you're kind of you're bad here so i'm stuck like this now yeah, this, this is, is me i'm stuck here this is me forever and i think the day i realized that the day i was like i can't <laughs> but it's fine that's that's like the the uh, internal email i mean no the, so um by the time this episode airs i will have black hair i've ordered a whole heap of black hair dye because i'm having a crisis of identity <laughs> that's not a lie i'm like literally like i need tattoos i need to dye my hair black i just need to embrace the emo kid but that's a segue but 25 yeah that's when you get your shit together you have your crisis and you're stuck like that forever oh no yeah oh no it's fine it'll be grand it's fine but the yumi six guys they kind of they took like a a segue. A positive segue. A positive segue in the sense that their next couple of albums were a little bit different. Um, and now they're kind of said they're going back to their emo roots, which is yeah. incredible. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Um, so they kind of segue themselves in the sense that they... Mm, few albums after Hold Me Down, you know, um, Soon As Ever Sleep was still kind of emo. Then the two albums after that. And they've said that they're... Nope, that's not what we're doing. And they're releasing a new album again 
soon. Yeah, which they've said is apparently emo as fuck. That's quote unquote from Josh, which is really exciting that they're kind of going back to that like dark root kind of thing. This, this is why I'm so excited for it because I feel like Cavalier Youth was kind of like, yeah, you know, it was grand. I listened to it a couple um, of times. I feel like when that came out, I didn't love it because, oh no, I did see them another time. They supported Biffy Clyro in um, Kilmainham. They Royal did. That was 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. I so wasn't like, here that summer. I was devastated. I was here and I think I'd gone through like a phase where for whatever reason I wasn't that big into them. I don't know if they said something or like something had upset me at the time because this is like pre me realising that council culture is really bad. But it was like the, there was some reason why I'd kind of gone off them. Um, I hadn't liked Cavalier that much. And then the year after that, I started listening to it and I thought there was a few like really good mm. tunes on it. Um, like I don't think they've ever released a bad album no ever and no. that's really unusual I think because like a band that has been going for that long like, there's going to be albums that people don't like or don't relate to that well Um, I know I read an interview that they had done after they released Night People where they were kind of like uh, people didn't receive that that well like there wasn't like a negative interview or anything they were just kind of saying like this you know we weren't that inspired people weren't inspired by it and like we want to change that up and stuff but they don't regret making it um, and I think that kind of comes across in a little way that they weren't Definitely. they weren't that like enthused about it but at the same time it's not a bad album there's still some really good songs on it yeah. and I think even if they do release something they usually get like at least one or two really good singles out of it yeah. um, which again is just so unusual and it just yeah. means that like they've managed to preserve that thing that they've had since the very very beginning where there's like these little hooks that are amazing or these little like riffs that are amazing and they're able to still do that even when they're not feeling fully themselves yeah because from that album i think they had night people in 3 a.m like i think as well part of it is i didn't particularly like those uh, night people and um six because i wasn't excited for them whereas i'm really excited for this next album because i know they're going back to their old roots yeah but i think as well that they're kind of like you'd nearly want to like if that wasn't their move i would be like a little bit were wondering why they weren't making the move of taking going back to their emo roots yeah. because nostalgia is so in at the moment in the sense of <laughs> that's why emo nostalgia like that's why we exist because we're getting to that stage it's 10 years on now since kind of the peak of the scene you know ended yeah um and nostalgia is really big and you know sure even at that 10 year show they're playing gunnersbury park in the uk yeah in september and they're doing um a chronological order they're playing all their singles yeah and like they're gonna get people to go to those shows because they're playing their old stuff because they're they're capitalizing on nostalgia which is what they need to do so that's why i think if they hadn't gone down that emo road and said okay we're gonna go back to our emo roots it would have been a bit bit weird or yeah not to embrace it it because how else are they gonna get the fans back in yeah i mean like the 10 year we went to the 10 year independently we hadn't we hadn't started the podcast we knew each other but yeah this um, is way before yeah this is last year so late last year um they did a 10-year anniversary tour for take off your colors so they played that in the academy in dublin it's about like an eight hundred thousand cap yeah. venue, but it sold out and um, and like it was an over 18 show so it was all people like us aging emos <laughs> aging um like at that show and like just people were having the best fucking time and like yeah. i feel like that was one of the best shows i've been to 
of theirs because they played it through and then they played like other songs as oh well. it was incredible it was so good i had such a good time i had I a really good time as always i was very drunk <laughs> i don't think i actually drank i think i had like two pints or something like that my boyfriend luckily he drove so it was grand but that was his, well that was his first time seeing them and he was kind of skeptical he was like oh i don't really want to go like emo uh um and then he went and he was like oh my god like they're incredible like he really really enjoyed the show it was like into listening to them now that kind of got him into listening to emo music as well like yeah. we'll be sad at home and he'd be like put on one of your emo playlists <laughs> um he's really into Paramore now as well so that kind of opened if you opened the gates yeah exactly um but I just I feel like they are that kind of band like anyone could listen to them and like them yeah no absolutely I feel like there's a lot there that it's not and something we keep talking about on this podcast and I'm sure you're probably sick of it now is that there is no real way to define emo but this idea that people have of emo they're not yeah. they're not quite hitting that they're still a very like yeah. emo band like you look at pictures of them from back in the day they were baby emos yeah like you know veering maybe into scene kind of like they were in that same scene as Bring the Horizon as all these other bands um, definitely like even if they didn't interact it's just like that's who people liked at the time um and now they're holding on to that thing as you said like the nostalgia is so important Mm -hmm. in somebody's career like that i mean like i don't i don't think like when you get to 30 you have to still be singing songs about like being a teenager yeah um especially if like emotionally it hurts you to go back to that place or it's just you're it's not authentic because you're not feeling it kind of or you've forgotten what that feels like um but I think if something you make is authentically you, so like your authentic sound is, is emo or your yeah. authentic sound is some particular thing, you can still do that while maturing what you're talking about, I guess. Yeah, like they have that, like I would have considered them like a rock band that was kind of just a little bit emo, but I think because of their, from the offset, I think their initial breakthrough into the UK scene, especially into the Irish scene and Australian and American was through their association with Paramore because yeah. they supported them on so many tours and they supported Fall Out repeatedly and, did they? in 2008 where? Uh, in Dublin? no not in Dublin okay that sounds like an incredible show but it's that kind of inherent uh, kind of by association they're they've become emo because of who they're associating with and what bands they're supporting and what bands they've said are their own kind of heroes yeah like they said that like Blink, Incubus and Thrice were like their main inspirations and I guess you can't kind of hear that but there is this like other British rock thing that's in there Um, and like every so often I feel like um, British rock is making kind of a resurgence definitely Um, like I feel so I don't know about you guys but like in Ireland the music scene is quite small it's very difficult for Irish bands to actually make it anywhere and if they are they're very kind of commercial and appeal to a huge audience and that's kind of how they yes they get popular um so like there's certain kinds of indie music that might make it and then the rest is kind of like commercial rock or whatever um so there is like a metal scene there is an emo band scene there is like this thing that's that's there it's just it's very underground so when you kind of see these british rock bands that that was our music growing up yeah um like we did have like in back in the day there were Irish emo bands um that's a future episode in itself yeah but they're like they did exist but it's just not like that anymore I feel like that's lost its hold completely oh so when you see this like um the resurgence you've got you made six there's my bays and Mallory Knox like they're 
their sound at the moment is very like in the same vein of like people who'd like the music would like Mallory Knox and there's other bands like that that are popping up or becoming more popular that are kind of that specific British rock sound that I can't describe in any better way other than what you made six sounds like to me is British rock yeah oh yeah same completely I don't think it even a lot of their songs apart from obviously the obvious ones like Bite My Tongue that have um Ali Sykes in it a lot of their songs um like Liquid Confidence Finders Keepers they don't particularly sound emo no um, they could fall into the pop category. They could fall into the rock. They certainly, obviously, do fall into the emo thing as well. But they're because they, they sound so commercially. They're they're very radio songs, you know. Um, yeah. But they're still part of this subculture. Yeah, I think part of that is that they were invited into like the BBC Radio One Live Lounge kind of scene. So yeah. that was like two thousand and ten. They did Live Lounge and they did. They did Liquid Confidence and they did Starry Eyed as well. Remember the Ellie Goulding? Oh, right, Ellie Goulding, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and they did, they, they, they played on like the Radio 1 big weekend stage and stuff. So I feel like they were kind of in that like commercialised, yeah. people want to hear you and we want you to make music that people will hear. I mean, maybe that's not fair to say, but like it's also not a criticism either. It's no. like, this is your career. This is how you, and these are the people that are responding to you. Of course you respond musically <laughs> yes i wonder if they're kind of like in the sense of because we only have an irish perspective on this so maybe if there's anyone in the uk listening um can get in touch and let us know but like or hey josh if you're listening and you <laughs> didn't turn it off after sexy butter <laughs> maybe you ha- maybe you want to chat to us some of the time um yeah like i'd love to know if like because because i say in that kind of irish music scene we have the commercial successful band at the moment is picture this uh probably wild youth as well a little yeah. bit um and like they saying the exact same i know nothing about them and it's because i don't have any interest in... i don't have much of an and interest the in them problem either. with it is is like i'm sure they're great but in, in like in their field or in their industry or in their particular like genre yeah. But I don't have any interest in the kind of bands that are championed by the media in this country because they're generally something that is palatable to everybody. And it means they may not necessarily be saying something. And I feel like that might be a really cynical way of looking at it. And it's probably part of the re- the, the like the issue with the industry is that people aren't listening when to they the don't believe. Brand. Yeah, when they don't believe in something or when something isn't palatable. Um and like there's there's like rules where you have to play like radio stations in Ireland have to play at least an hour of Irish music yeah every week so a lot of radio stations I used to work on one of the um Irish music shows in Ireland like a lot of the radio stations would have shows specifically dedicated to Irish music instead of like slotting it in here and there and I think that would be an amazing episode to do perhaps the Irish music scene just as a whole to kind of because we do have a lot of international listeners and I think what we have here in Ireland is very special and because we are such a talented group of people Irish people are incredibly talented and there are some really 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 talented musicians in the pool of Irish talent at the moment and it's not just rock music it's the hip hop Irish hip hop scene is incredible yeah it's huge Um, the rap scene especially but what I was trying to say was I wonder if You Me At Six are kind of the UK's version of what picture this are here in that they sound like they'd fit in with everyone but because we have the Irish perspective of oh they sound emo so we kind of we listen to them as an emo band whereas I wonder if you know 
you know, Shan in her Fiat 500, you know, and her Starbucks drink throws on a bit of Yumi at six because, you know, Toth loves it. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think it's to do with the exposure that we have to um, different kinds of music. So, like, we've talked about this before where a lot of where we heard music was on um, this radio station, Spin 1038. Um, and they had, like, dedicated shows that kind of played a lot more like Blink, they play Paramore, they played My Count, they played You Make yeah. Six, they play, and like, you know, they give away tickets to these shows. So like, you'd listen in because you're like, I want to win tickets to go see this band or I want to win merch or I want to win CDs. And they were appealing to this group of people. But like, yeah. you know, I'd go into school and people would listen to Spin all the time and they'd hear this music as well, even if they weren't necessarily interested in it. So I do think like on some level, it's about your exposure to oh, it yeah. and because I think for us it was marketed to us as like this is music for the alternative children that like perhaps yeah I mean there wasn't many there was nowhere in Ireland that really only really at the moment anyway or at sorry at the time it would have only been Spain who kind of catered to that yeah. group of people Um, now there's obviously radio stations that they would still play Paramore and stuff like that hit like new songs and stuff but I would it's it's rare to turn on the radio and hear oh here's an old Mike Hem song yeah. whereas you you're more likely to turn on the radio and hear like here's an old Oasis song um so it's it's kind of it, it is a strange way that it operates yeah um and it's definitely like I agree with what you're saying it's, it's how we're kind of exposed to yeah the music too like I would love to know and I would really really love people seem to be afraid to contact us for some reason we're really nice <laughs> promise um but we would love to know how it works in your country yeah i think we have an idea kind of of how it works in the uk we have an idea how it works in america kind of like not really but like a lot of i mean a lot of my interest is in fandoms and in fandom studies and in like how fandoms work and like i'm you know i have a tumblr that i use like a private tumblr that i use myself private tumblr it's public (laughs) (laughs) a a personal private tumblr that i use and like you know i know what's going on in fandoms and stuff and i see all this but yeah. I'd like to know, like, do people only find stuff online? Is there, like, a media, public media thing that works for them that's, like, introduces them to stuff? Like, how do you get your music? <laughs> how do you, people of the world, find your email bands? Yeah. I think it's 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 definitely more difficult now because since, like, I stopped, like, buying Kerrang! And even, like, what you were saying earlier about the British um, music scene kind of being on, like, an up swing at the moment and yeah. how you think it's like coming back Kerrang TV a lot of the stuff like they've gone through a lot of criticism for at the t- you know in 2000 and whenever to when they started playing emo music they got a lot of stick because they kind of started out as like a metal yeah um station and it's kind of said that whatever is being played on Kerrang is kind of like the the in music or whatever everyone's yeah. kind of into so it was obviously metal um progressive rock whatever and then during emo days it was all emo music but if you turn on Kerrang now it's all old British rock music and I've talked about how disgusted I am with this before yeah um like you'll still go on you might have a panic at the at the disco song and then you'll have like <laughs> sorry I thought you were going to stop the sentence there with you might have a panic <laughs> you might just have a panic I have a panic when I turn it on because it's like yeah it's like panic at the disco and then you've got like Kings of Leon and then you'll have like Paramore and then like Franz Ferdinand and it's just bizarre it's yeah it's, it makes it kind of caters to a lot of different audiences like i've said so before. nobody is happy at any but time. nobody's happy you know you're you, um but yeah so that i think is is where it is so that was the only way we had of kind of finding music as apart from online yeah. um but at the moment there's no real way of that i would anyway 
know of to kind of keep up with the new emo bands. In um, 2011, they were actually supposed to tour at Blink. They had like, Blink had set up a tour um, and they were touring in the UK, I think, and UMI6 were invited and then they had to reschedule it for 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Blink-182 still had killer support acts, um, but that would have been... 2011, that was um, All Twins, I think, wasn't it? I didn't see them then. I seen them yeah. in 2012. I they had my friends were doing the Leaving Cert as well, and they couldn't go. Um, Leaving Cert for anybody who's not from Ireland is like A levels or your SATs. Yeah. Um, they had All American Rejects, Four Years Strong, and <gasps> someone else. It's really good. A Day to Remember. Like it was oh, insane. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Jesus. I think it was A Day to Remember. Um, really, really good lineup. But I, I was actually just thinking when you were talking about how Blink-182 influenced you, me, it's so I was yeah. like, why are All Time Low getting all this fucking FaceTime with Blink-182 <laughs> and you, me, it's aren't? No, that, that I do get what you mean about, like, All Time Low getting all that. Actually, do you remember, I, I do you remember Feel by Gossip? Kind of, vaguely. Yeah, so for anybody who maybe wasn't around when it was a thing or didn't use LiveJournal because who used LiveJournal? Everybody, leave me alone. Um, but <laughs> Feel by Gossip was like an OG kind of Tumblr gossip site. So um, they talked about all the bands that were on like Warp Tour. So there was Feel by Gossip and Feel by Gossip 2.0. Um, but every time somebody tried to start a You Made 6 thread, like people come in and be like, oh my God, all time low. And I, I'd forgotten that this was like a weird ongoing war that made no sense because I don't even like, apart from the fact that they were all white guys with the same hair, there was no similarities <laughs> between them at all whatsoever. Um, and it was really weird because the gossip was never interesting. It was all like, who's dating who? Oh my God, are okay. they still dating? Oh my God, are they not dating anymore? Oh my God, d- are they still together? Oh my God, what? And like, it just, it's I, the same I as all the gossip. I can see how that they, they could be, like I would definitely in my head, it's like all time low or like the American, you made six because they kind of come out around the same time. Yeah. Um, And the guests are four guys in a band and they're emo and they, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Um. And they kind of, although they're not 100% the same sound, I definitely think they've a similar sound. Like, and they have that kind of emo yeah. um, thing, thing like going they, on. They were in that scene thing of like, you may say all time low, like early Bring Me Horizon. Um, yeah. Like that, yeah, I can see that. So I feel like I can see why their fans might have been trying to overthrow you may six fans in a yeah. sense of like, we're better. Yeah, it was just really funny because, like, I remember it from, like, even from Tumblr, but going back and seeing this thing that was, like, happening all the time. I don't remember like a, Yeah, it was it was just, like, cause every time somebody started it, because I just searched on it, like, Email 6 to see what would come up. And, like, every single thing was, like, let's talk about Email 6. It was, like, who's Max dating? And then, <laughs> it was just like, oh, my God, all time now, Jack Black, blah, blah. And you're, like, what, what are you... What are you, what are you doing? doing? Stop it. But um, I was actually, last night, I was really surprised. Um, I was on our Tumblr at kissmeyesterdaypod.tumblr.com and um, I posted asking if people had stories because I probably didn't give people enough time to share. But somebody called Yumi at Dicks followed us and I just like, shout out to you, Yumi at Dicks. I love your name. It's wonderful. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It made me laugh for far too long. <laughs> but um, there's like a really active Yumi at Dicks fandom on Tumblr. Which I don't know why I'm surprised by that. 
that is a foreign concept to me. Tumblr or fandom? No, <laughs> the idea that there's a Yumi at Six fandom going on on Tumblr right now. Because I thought that all the Yumi at Six fans were like our age and yeah. like we're at work nine to five and you know gardening on the weekend and didn't really have time for for Tumblr. Because I actually in a couple of months ago I was chatting to a girl and she was like tell like she was like nineteen. And she was like telling me how like she was emo and whatever. And I was like, I just been to the Yumi Six show, um, we for the ten year anniversary. The yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, Yumi Six, write that down for me. Like, let me go and look them up. And I was like, obviously, young people aren't into Yumi Six, and I can see why they do have young fans. Yeah, because they're still releasing music. But um, that is bizarre. Yeah, no, it, it was really cool because I spent like a little bit of time like reading on people's blogs. Like, not like forever. That would be weird. <laughs> But I just kind of had like a little scroll just to be like, wow, there is an actual active current fandom, which is really cool. Um, That's so cool. Like, I, I don't know what it is about fandom spaces. because I guess it's because like all the other fandoms that we've talked about on this podcast are really vocal. So like, like all of our Tumblr is filled with like, panic at the hell you Jared or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, we get what you are. And like, you know, there's Jared's eyebrow or like, Frank Iero's leg or whatever and then like the the like UB6 one and we're just kind of quiet in the corner being like you made dicks <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cute and it's really cool and it was just a, kind of a nice thing to see that yeah there is an active fan base here like I don't know I think it, it just shows some longevity even the idea that currently there are still people with usernames like panic at the Jared way or whatever it's like they were like the usernames they used back in the day and now there's still people using them I assume teenagers um, like yeah, no shade I'm I think t- I'm totally <laughs> no shade if that's still your username I think my my username on Tumblr is like GES Junkie which is stands for gay but yeah, support yeah. you know we yeah. don't go there I think we, we I think I tried to change it but I don't remember if, if it actually worked or not I was like nobody can see this actually did you see on Instagram uh, Kiva posting so um a listener posted on our Instagram to say that this was reminding her of the fact that her Twitter username used to be I'm Mr. Reckless and I was like that's iconic because I remember like following her when she was I'm Mr. Reckless oh my god on Twitter so what going completely off topic here but have you had any of those kind of usernames like I'm I had a misheard paramour lyric as a username so I had dissing the stars instead of dissing the stars okay um I feel like I remember that. Yeah, that was like a, a thing because for years I thought it was Dissing the Stars until I read the lyrics and I was like, oh, but then I kept it as a username because yeah. I was like, it's, you know, nobody knows what that means. It's funny. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, What else did I have? I'm sure, I'm sure I had like I can think embarrassing of, as hell things. Um, I had Reinvent Love uh, from the Panic the Disco song. Yes. I had The End of Me, which was from a Paramore song, I think. Um don't know if I'm willing to tell you what my Cobra Starship one was. Do you remember what it was? It was Cobra Starship and another band we liked. Oh no. <laughs> you know what band I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think because I know my old time, like I changed all my, all my social media all has the same. Pattern. Yeah, I changed it all. But um, I don't remember what my old Tumblr name was, but I'm sure it was embarrassing as fuck. <laughs> and it was something probably like Fall Out Boy related. Or maybe, I don't know, I really don't know what it was back in the day. But I just, like, I changed everything and I'm, like, I'm just pretending that never existed. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure at one point on, on YouTube I was, like, Twilight Fan 1 or something. <laughs> 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 I 
just one. <laughs> Do you know what? My YouTube username, um, I wouldn't mind. I was like, so I, I put up this video that I made. We can, we can read this if you want. Put this video up that I made. I used to write, like, make lyric videos. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, I had like, I was a fucking genius when I was a teenager. So I'd like go on, I'd have like an album. I'd go on and see what songs, I'd like type in, see what songs in the album weren't on YouTube. So as a song, so then I'd like make the lyric video for the song. And like this has like 6 million views or something. This video I have, um, and I was like showing it to Ryan and my boyfriend, Ryan and his friends. And they were like, first of all, they were in a hoop laughing at my spelling because it was so <laughs> dreadful. And then they were like, oh, they caught my username. It was like chiclet2k8. But like I had spelt chiclet wrong as well. <laughs> oh, Clona. <laughs> Story of my life. That's very cute. You're very sweet. Bless you. Bless you, child. I was something else. You I still am. <laughs> <laughs> right. So after the the Blink tour didn't happen, they went on tour with We The Kings in Australia. I fucking love We The Kings actually as well. Throwback. Throwback to literally like 2011 was such an iconic year for so many of the bands like I know we talked about emo being like over a long yeah. time ago but like 2011 I feel like was such a great year for it was All Time Low brought out the only album of theirs that I like in 2011 yeah um Yumi at Six had the third album Silver- Sinners Never Sleep yeah that year um it was a really good year like, I think 2011 was when Demi Lovato did all the stuff with We The Kings as well um like she did the song that I can't remember the name of but that's when she was hanging around with all those like scene people um it was just a good year for music but 2011 we've already mentioned bite my tongue that was when sinners never sleep came out yeah um and that was my favorite song off that i think was lover boy that was the first single i'm pretty sure yeah that was like that bass was like i remember that they when they released that song the first play of that song was on bbc radio one i think and i remember being at a paramore gig when that I think it was a Paramore gig when that song came out. It couldn't have been Paramore. 2011. Mm, not sure. I was at a gig anyway in the Three Arena. And I remember like going into the bathroom in to listen to the song and play live. <laughs> Die hard. <laughs> Die hard. Like I was, I used to be like incredibly obsessed with you and Six. Yeah. Like kind of after 20, I'd say 2015, I think was the final night of sin. Yeah, was it? That seems a hard late. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Um, I kind of, I think after that, I kind of slowed down a little yeah. bit because I was, I was aging. I'm an aging you, were, you were old at that point. Yeah. Um. No, Lover Boy, like the base of the beat. Like, what's what's like a base equivalent of Sexy Butter? Like Sexy Bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning I love a boy it was sexy bees and um I loved it so much like it was I listened to it over and over and over again and it just felt like this I don't know how to describe it like I remember the the album cover and stuff had like neon lights or something on it I think the like the writing on it was like neon for sinners ever seen yeah no they had like the it was like a prison photos and they like held the placard was there ever like a neon writing thing perhaps maybe I don't remember. I feel like that was if I had the, maybe okay. Maybe for Liverboy. I'm just gonna look this up because what was say? No, it was in the video. No, it was in the video. Yeah, that was it. The video was like a neon, and they were in a room or something, and it was like neon pink yes. kind of. Yeah, so I was like, I felt like that was like, 
I know it was a long time before Riverdale, but it was like that neon aesthetic thing yeah. that people are really into. Yeah, that's like I just I loved it. I felt like it was really like just lots it of, actually lot was of sexy such a good, sexy butter. Like it was it was such a good song. But after they had that album, they, that was when I went. Yeah, that's when I went to see them in Southampton, and I had bought the album. And because I had traveled over, I remember those everyone was going in for the meet and greet. So I just like went up to like the person who was like running the meet and greet and I was like hi I've travelled over from Ireland um, any chance I could go in and meet them on my own like it's fine my brave brother doesn't have to come at me and they're like yeah yeah so that's the first time I met them you just fucking oh yeah I was like I will regret this so much if I don't so I think I was 17 at the time as well like ballsy like no confidence whatsoever but I was like I'm not turning it I'm not letting this opportunity go so just marched up yeah went in met them Um, was so nervous like was shitting it um and I had my copy of the album and inside the album sleeve there was like a picture of each of them holding like a like a pegboard like that's supposed to be like a jail yeah photograph thing prison what do you call them mugshot yeah a mugshot um so I got them I got them all signed I had them on my wall at home for ages but obviously I'm old now I don't have them on my wall anymore she does <laughs> they're behind a curtain yes in my room um Annie, yeah, that was the that was that was the first time I met you in six. But a few months later, I think twenty twelve wasn't that. No, it was December twenty twelve when they released. Um, was it around then they released the song "The Swarm"? Yeah. I just realised I mixed up "Sinners Ever Sleep" completely. There, or the "Final Night Sin" was actually in twenty twelve, not twenty fifteen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, because I went over for another gig and yeah, I just realised I went over to see them in Manchester as well. Um, I went over to see them in twenty fifteen, and that's what I'm thinking of. The final night sin that was in December twenty twelve, and the other gig I seen was twenty fifteen. So ignore what I said about the final night sin being in twenty fifteen. Yeah, she was lying. I just she mixed, just she just mixed, got in here and she like it's episode eleven and she thought you know I'm gonna lie to everybody. I'm gonna lie to you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking I was like twenty fifteen. That's a bit far away for the final night sin. Surely that album was out long like twenty eleven. So yeah, but alas, but alas, here we are. Um, but yeah, they released the swarm. Yeah, and they did the song for the ride at Thor Park, which yeah. is a roller coaster. I've never been to Thor Park. I've been. I went on the roller coaster. Did you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I traveled. You mean it's a that. nerd? Um, no, I just happened to be in Thor Park, and I was. I just happened to be in Thor Park, um, and I went, and it was really good. It's great fun. It yeah. was very exciting to see this because obviously they play the song when, um, you're like queuing for it. It was. It was like a cool. end of the world. That's the that was the theme of it. It was like um. Apocalypse 2012 okay. yeah and it was like crash playing with smoke coming out of it and everything it was it was cool that was a really cool opportunity for them as well yeah no um the swarm is an engineer michael's favorite song oh is and it? every time he sees them he's like they don't play the swarm and i'm like they never play it because it wasn't an album track yeah <laughs> no it's not a song, song they play live but like it's they might at gunnersbury because they're doing I'm all their singles could be there no you're not sorry <laughs> i wish if you're going let us know and i don't know just let us know. We can rage jealousy. We can rage jealousy and then we can like I know a couple of my you. friends are going because they did get in touch with me and were like, Hey, are you coming? And I was like, I'm broke. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so, have any money. But if you know somebody would like to sponsor us to go and <laughs> maybe we can host the podcast from there. But actually what I'd like to know is if you're going and you sit after you've been, we'd like to talk to you. Like, you know, yeah. come, like we will call you on Skype and we'll have a chat. Or if you don't want to do that, if you're shy or whatever, you can just send us an email. But like, we absolutely want to get people on. We're very lonely in our basement. You keep saying it. 
Yeah, you if you have a great to... story to tell, like, why not get into touch with us? Yeah, like, share it with the world. We're not going to... Say no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every single thing people send us are going to be like, we're going to read this out on air because we just want to be contacted. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's like, if you have a story, don't don't keep it to yourself. Be... But I do have some stories that people send in. Oh, cool. Perfect. So I have two here from fans who've sent in um, a message because we asked on our Instagram, uh, you should follow us. We're at Kids From Yesterday Pod. And we asked some of the fans and listeners to send in their Yumiatic stories. So here we go. This one is from Rachel. I have so many Yumiatic stories, but I once won a meet and greet with Yumiatic through Kiss magazine. Kiss magazine. What a throwback. Uh, and it was just us and them in a tiny dressing room in the academy talking about Guinness. I think I was maybe like 15 at the time. <laughs> uh, there said She said they were also talking about jealous minds um, for about 20 minutes while Josh offered us all chocolate. She said it was very, very strange. There's a video of, of it on YouTube somewhere of the mate I brought with me asking Josh to get dedicate strange minds to us somewhere. But it was all a, all a bit mad. So that that's, that's Rachel's story. I can fully imagine being 15. I mean, we've talked about being 15 and meeting people before. And not knowing what to and do. And not knowing what to say. <laughs> like, I also understand the impulse to be like, hi, you're not from here. Uh, Guinness or whatever. Like, I feel like that's just like the impulse thing that you're like, it must be relatable. To um, other people that yeah, you talk with. Talking 100%. about alcohol. <laughs> because that's, that's what you do. That's what we're known for. I've never had Guinness. I can't because of the gluten thing. So. Oh, I have. It's not great. I actually remember one day I was, it was actually the day of the repeal the 8th and I was absolutely craving a pint of Guinness. Like, never had I ever been into Guinness before. Okay, women's I was rights. Dying for it. Human rights and, because we can't. A bit of Guinness. Yeah, we can't uh, exclude non-binary or trans men. But human rights and Guinness. <laughs> that was <laughs> That's it. That's what you got on that day. That's what I got on that day. Um, we've got another message in here from Orla. She says, You Meetics have been my ride or die band for years now. Um, I don't know what it is about them. I make it my business to see them every time they're here in Ireland. I also feel like they never forget about Ireland, which so many bands do. Uh, the only band or lyric tattoos I have... Uh, I still haven't met them. Oh my God, to show them it. My favourite memory is waiting in Starbucks in Dublin for Cloda, actually. Uh, we were going to see them support 30 Seconds to Mars and she was late because she ran into them on Grafton Street. I'm still not over that. You me at six till I die. Oh, that's so cute. And she's never met you them. You me at six till I die. Orla, I can't believe you haven't met them. Um, Same. <laughs> uh, every time I go to like a, a you me at six gig, I always can count on messaging Orla and being like, hey, you're going yeah and and we'll she'll be there but yeah like she said so i had this was like yeah like she said it was the time they were supporting uh 30 seconds to mars and i had just met my friend at the bottom of grafton street i don't know why we were meeting up she wasn't coming to the gig but we met up for some reason anyway and we were just like strolling up grafton street and her name is chloe hi chloe um and we were walking up anyway and then i was like oh my fucking god there's josh i think it was josh Max and Dan and I was like so when I was in I studied radio production in college and a lot of the kind of the thing we would have done would kind of been like industry practice like how to like get yourself a job in the industry or whatever and one of the things that was kind of bet into me was when you meet somebody <laughs> I cringe when I was thinking about this when you meet somebody new like if you meet like a radio producer or a journalist or something like that like you should introduce yourself so I was like so <laughs> oh, no. inclined to like walking up shaking a hand and mean like hi my name is Coda whatever so I anyway I'm like dying thinking about this I like march up to Josh and I'm like 
hi, put the hand out. <laughs> hi, my name is Chloe. I mean, she's Chloe. I'm Cloda. And like, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And then like, after we left, Chloe's like, why did you shake their hand? Like, what is wrong with you? Who meets their favourite band? It was like casual, like, business handshake. Let me tell you at the time I met Fall Out Boy. We'll save that for the Fall Out Boy episode. Because Dying to know. Um, so yeah, that was that time. And then my friend was actually uh, in Malawi. On, she was like working in an orphanage. And I got them all to make a video sending her good wishes and everything. Aww. So they did that. That was great. And then the other time I met them um, was in Belfast. So there was like a, an after party for them. Well, it was for the Paramore show. It was like an after party. And Yumi Six showed up. And we were like in our element. Like it was insane. So my friend that we sent the video to Malawi, this is a, a, the year beforehand. So she was going, I was going to meet Paramore and she gave me a letter to give to Max. Oh. can't remember what it was about but it was something like about her going away and how like new music inspired her so we go in anyway they're in like a corner on their own we like we were like chatting to max for age we were chatting sorry to matt for ages he like we had drinks with him we did shots with him <laughs> i took the picture of everyone having shots because i was like no i don't want to get sick and looking back now i'm like chloe you should have just taken the opportunity to have a bloody shot with him do you not mean chloe you should have taken chloe, chloe you should have done <laughs> um and like, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, um, that was great. We went outside. We were talking to Chris. Chris was like, have you got a cigarette? And we were like, sure. Have our last one. Um, and we got pictures <laughs> Take of Take the clothes off my back, Chris. Honestly. <laughs> have my shoes. You want my shoes? Um, then let me see who else. Josh wasn't there. Apparently, they were actually Max. Or, I keep mixing up Max and Matt. Matt was giving out because Josh was with his girlfriend and didn't come out to the party. So we're like, <laughs> insider information there and then we finally met max my friend went over and he was like immediately he was like oh my god you're the girl who sent me the letter that's not how he speaks that's so cute cute. and your accent is terrible i know i can't do any accent whatsoever i can do south dublin bogger and north dublin and you know (laughs) if it's irish i can do it that's your repertoire that's it yeah um well yeah that was like probably one of the best nights of my life so fun it was so much fun I'm very jealous. I have had I've had no <laughs> no you made six content at oh, all. I can't believe you haven't met them either. I don't I don't know why I haven't. Like I just never tried, I guess. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that it, I guess it was completely right. I've never excuse me, I've never like bumped into a celebrity on the street. Yeah. Before and then to bump into one of my favorite bands, I was just like, like that, yeah. <sighs> like I feel like at the last, I mean, normally in the academy in Dublin, like they come out the side because the way the venue is built, there yeah. is only one door. Um, so I think if you'd hung around there, maybe. Yeah. Like I've met loads of bands yeah. through a three Kobe Starship, um, loads of bands, Family Force Five. Like that is the only, especially yeah. if you're there early to queue, it's the only way for them to. Yeah. Like and I just the last show that they played for some reason and again this is I wanted to ask Josh this if he'd ever responded to our message um he at the last Dublin show they played they said we don't know if we're ever coming back here and we were like but why so was it like is it a Brexit thing is it a you don't yeah. like it here thing is it a I don't know but yeah like, we kind of talked yeah. about this one on, on I think the first, first episode, episode as well yeah. we were like is it because of the shipping in the cost or is it because well I'm hoping with the new album that they will make it make a return make a return even if they play Belfast I'll yeah, I'll go up and see them again 
Um, but like, just I, I would love to know because they've always made an effort to come here, which is great. Um, they have, and like, even though like I had said that, I think on the first episode, I love them because they always make the effort to come here. Or it's the same thing, and I feel like they, they without doubt do. Like, even if they said that this is the last time you're playing here, I think you know, I, I still have hope that we'll yeah, see them again. They'll do if they if they tour big tours again. Yeah. They'll come back here. We'll get them. And it's mad how to see, and like... We'll, we can be like, remember you've met my friend Clauda slash Chloe? <laughs> this is my friend Courtney. <laughs> or Clauda. Or Clauda. I, I don't know who anyone is anymore. Um, but yeah. That was my shame. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap us up on this episode, do you have any fun new music facts? Because I feel like you would. I do. This is something I only discovered recently and in our episode four and episode eight we talked about misogyny and women in the scene and we how and I think even in the last episode we talked about how we've been missing out on people. Um one of the people that we missed out on is Yumi Six's touring keyboardist, MFA. Yes. I I can't like I don't I I guess because when we were trying to put the episode together we just We just went straight for like a lead singer yeah, or in the main yeah. band but we We're never like thinking about like who else was there like we missed a good few we mentioned it definitely in the last episode but that's yeah I'd forgotten about that completely they that's also something. have a guy called Luke Randall who's been uh, with them since 2008 as yeah, a board like member back and vocals back and, vocals, yeah. back and guitar um, that is a fun fact that's a very fun I fact I like that fun fact that's you cool. meet seven there's seven of them <laughs> you meet six Seven. Fun fact, fun story. I think it was my friend Rachel who sent in the the message about having the meet and greet. But I remember we were queuing for we were going to see them in the Olympia, and this guy walked by, and was like, "It's just funny." And he was like, "What you me at six? What you me at six? You know, Dublin accent or whatever." And or no, 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 no. He was like, "Who are you going to see?" And she goes, "You me at six. They're a band, not a proposition." <laughs> And ever since then, it's just Yumi at Six, the band, not, not a proposition. proposition. Yeah. I like that. So shout out to you, Rachel. <laughs> that was beautiful. A beautiful delivery. Beautifully done. Yeah. So if you have any stories you want to share with us, or if you just want to check out what shit we're saying online, we are Kids Me Yesterday Pod on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook. Yeah. And our email is kidsmeyesterdaypod at gmail.com. So if you have any stories, you can message us on any of those platforms. We are very friendly. We'll respond with lots of exclamation marks and smiley faces because I'm very nervous about what people think about me. <laughs> um, the only one that's different is Twitter. Twitter. We are at Kids from Pod because there wasn't enough letters. Yeah, but like we're on there. We're posting memes. Taking names, posting memes. That's what we do on the internet. But like if you want to come and share with us, that would be cool. And if you are a Apple Podcast listener, you could give us a wee five stars a little note just saying good in our ratings because um that'll help other people find us yes that'd be really cool yeah that'd be awesome but also let us know what you think of the podcast like if what, you think it's what shite. would you like to do more of <laughs> no don't tell us you think it's shite because no, do. once our mom says we're like, good <laughs> my mom says we're good so it must be, it must be great oh, that's so cute well, she hasn't listened but you know i can just, imagine she yeah, would say she we're, would say good. good um but yeah, yeah we'd absolutely love to you know take suggestions of anything you'd like us to talk about if there's anything particular about the emo scene that piques your interest or anything that you're curious about that we can maybe do some research on and come back to you yeah that'd be fantastic like any suggestions anything you would like us to do differently um because even if you're like Stop i talking, don't like <laughs> even if you're like i don't like it if it's constructive we'll take it yeah 
Like, I'll take it. You don't have to. I, I will take the... Constru- I'll cry. Yeah, you can cry. I'll take okay. the constructive criticism. But, like, we just want to hear from you because the whole point of us doing this is... For you, well, the listener. Yeah. Like, we're talking to each other in a dark basement, but it would be great if we knew what people wanted. Yeah. Tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Okay, let's go outside and get some fresh air because this basement is very dark and dusty. Yeah. We're going to see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye.